to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Featuring Amanda Keen and Kirsten Kotsian. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. Hey. Hello. Hey, everybody. This is the Barracks Podcast. Amanda's really mad at me right now. <laughs> She's so mad. Um, she's just jealous because <laughs> because I got to watch Lion King. First of all, I would like to I would like to mention that I saw the Lion King before you did. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> she is literally making up lies as we speak. But this part's not a lie. When I walked into the movie theater tonight, um, so after the awkwardly standing around in the lobby for like ten seconds. So this guy's like, oh, I can help you over here. It's like, oh, okay. He's like, for the Lion King. <laughs> I was like, how did you know? <laughs> you have to tell people. Because I'm wearing a Lion King t-shirt <laughs> right now. <laughs> and it's not like a lot. It's like the original Lion King crew. It is... Yeah, they all made it. Nala had green eyes, and Simba had brown. Yep, Nala, Simba, and Pumbaa. But Pumbaa had extra horns in the movie. So you liked the movie? He had two. He had two little extra horns under on his mouth. So in the picture and the cartoon, he has two horns, and then in the real life movie, he had four horns. Big difference. Major two, two, two more. Then. yes major plot point <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> <Four horns. laughs> oh my gosh um so it was i will say that it was really hard to not sing out loud you, in the movie are you saying you did? in the movie theater i i i think i sang a little bit but like kind of quietly i was singing I can't remember any of the words. circle of life. It's the circle. I'm going to be the main event. <laughs> we do not own the rights to those songs. <laughs> I mean, because you sounded so much like the original songs that I was worried. I was going to say that it's not even close to the original. So. Not oh, my song. gosh. Okay, clearly we we love The Lion King. Really. I really liked it. It was fun. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. I read the reviews. I, I read one review. The reviews. One review. And it wasn't that positive. And then I went and saw it. And then I was like, oh, I guess they had a good point in the review. But it was still, you know, it was worth the couple of hours to hang out and sing along. Giggle a couple times. <laughs> well, so apologies if the you... The love scenes were really awkward, though. The love scenes, not a fan. Okay. So if you, if you did not... If you have no interest in The Lion King whatsoever, you have probably already stopped listening to this episode <laughs> now that we've been talking about it for maybe, five minutes. 
but maybe you are still listening because you agree with me and you're like yeah it wasn't that great but i did watch it anyways like that on that note on that note um we have a special guest with us and that was gary gasping for air i don't know what that was um i think she was i think that was her excited noise but it sounded very weird so we have a special guest with us. We have Bailey Saka with us. Hi, Bailey. Hello. How do you feel to be here with us? I'm so excited. I listen to the Barracks podcast and I love it so much. Um, she really does. She loves it. And I got my mom hooked and one of my friends hooked. And so I'm just excited to be able to be on it with you guys. Yay. I, I would say we have like... um some some fans that are just like super dedicated right i think of audrey think of like um bailey <laughs> Lindsay, right um we have three i mean we've got three <laughs> fans I, we haven't checked our statistics lately um we might already only be at three viewers <laughs> but you know we we are excited to have bailey on this on this episode um, so I want to just go ahead and um, explain this episode a bit. Um, really, I think the idea for this episode came um, in just conversation with Bailey um, while we were at CBLI. And um, after our conversation, the the importance of understanding how um, to grieve with one another as the body of Christ, which is something that, um, I've been thinking about, uh, the scripture that comes to mind is first Corinthians 12, 26, um, that says if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Um, and I think back to, I don't know what episode it was, but the one with Karen Young, um, where she was talking about like her dream and vision for the body of Christ, like in the Salvation Army, um, that we would truly understand what it means to live that out. Uh, this episode is really going to be um, geared at trying to just, well, having a conversation about what it looks like to grieve alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone through um, a loss. So, uh I wanted to set that up, but before, well, I want, I wanted to just add in cause so we do have a special guest, but I know that probably everybody, anybody listening to the podcast has maybe experienced a loss of some sort. And then just acknowledging like there, there are losses in my life that I've been working on. Like, it's not, um, you're not alone. you like, if that makes any sense a little bit, but mm -hmm. like you're, you're not like, uh, the only one and we're, we're, yeah, you're not like a curious case study, mm -hmm. but like just someone who's maybe really experiencing in a raw way and then being able to share what, um, you're going through and learning and, or just where you're at or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we really dig into that conversation, I wanted to take some time and make sure that we get to know a little bit about Bailey. Are you ready for this? 
Absolutely. Are you ready for this? Do, 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 do. <clears throat> I don't even. What is that? Basketball? Zane insert. Zane. <laughs> Zane. Insert clip. Zane, insert a clip of whatever that song was that she tried to sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so first question. How did you come to the Army? My parents are Salvation Army officers, and they met at, I think it's called Green Valley. It doesn't exist anymore. It was in the Heartland Division. Um, Yeah. And so I think I'm a third generation or fourth generation Salvationist. I don't remember. Um, So I came to the Army as a baby, and then my parents went to training, and so I've been involved in it since. Um, And now I... My parents just moved, so we now attend the Omaha Citadel Corps, I think. I'm not quite 100% positive of that because I've been outside of right. the country. You haven't been home. Because um, I was involved in SMT, and I went to Spain and Portugal. Um, and tra- That's always a rough transition, going from SMT to a new house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's the worst. And then going to school, because I'm only in my house for, like, a week or two. Um, Good luck. um and then when i'm at school this year um at the school that i go to which is asbury university uh we have a salvation army student fellowship and i'm involved in that heavily and so this year i am um so very happy to be the chaplain of (gasps) that's amazing yeah i did not know that (laughs) i love that Okay, so you told us where you attend college. What are you studying in college? Uh, I'm currently studying a um, Christian ministries with a minor in Bible theology. That sounds so smart. <laughs> That's really, it's really cool. really fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. it. Took a long time to land on that one, but I love that I'm on it now. Yes. So what year are you? I'm you? a junior. You're a junior. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take you to decide on your major? Like, Um, did you just decide now, last year? I decided at the end of my freshman year of college. So my freshman year, I entered into Asbury as a psychology major because I was, I thought that I knew what God was telling me to do, even though I was not very in tune to what he was saying. Okay. Um, And so I thought I was going to be a psychiatrist and then I decided to change to nursing. And then I finally, um, I had a heart change towards the end of my freshman year of college. And I realized that I was not supposed to be doing either of them because I hated the classes for both of them. Yeah, that's a good indication. Yeah. (laughs) And so then last fall, I switched my major to Christian Ministries and started taking the classes. And I absolutely fell in love with the major. Cool. And so I knew that that was what I was supposed to be doing. So would you say that that's what you're passionate about or is there something that you're also passionate about that does that make sense? Mhm. I think I'm really passionate about um ministry with youth. Mhm. Um because I think a lot of people say that uh the youth are the next generation of the church, but I really think that they're the current generation of the church. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really passionate about that. I am really passionate about 
the Salvation Army and everything that they do. Um, just because I know that with growing up in it, uh, my family has been very blessed and privileged in that. And so I love the Salvation Army. And I also just love what they do and what we as an organization stand for and things like that. Sure, yeah. So tell us something unique or quirky or something that not many people know. Well, I don't know if it's something that not many people know, but you wouldn't know it if you didn't know me. Oh, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I have a Starbucks mug collection. Oh. Um, And I have... I don't even know. I think I have upwards of like 55 to 60 mugs. <gasps> oh my gosh, that is awesome. <laughs> you have all the states. You have yeah. all the states. Uh, they're the, and the you are like, here. Yeah. yeah. So over the summer, I was able to get like six of them. Um, But I have a ton of different states and I have like the duplicates because they just came out with a new set of them. And I have the Disney World oh, wow. ones. Um. And so I also have one from Copenhagen because one of my friends got one. And I think that one might be my one of my favorites. This is definitely quirky. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't think it's my nail parents, on the head. Yeah. I don't think my parents like my collection because it takes up a lot of space. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, where is this collection? Well, is it right, Omaha? Yeah. Right now it's in totes. <laughs> so it's in, it takes up like 10, 10 boxes. Aww. I think it might be four. Four. Or five. Four or five. I don't remember. (laughs) To give you some perspective, I moved with like 23 boxes. How many bags? There were how many bags? (laughs) You helped me pack my U-Haul. There wasn't much. But I mean, four four or five boxes of mugs. That is is impressive, Bailey. Mm -hmm. That is some dedication right there. You might be keeping Starbucks alive and thriving. How many tables do you have? How many tables do I have? (laughs) Whatever. I have one table. Don't. It's a heavy table that I just move around. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, um, Bailey, you're you're lovely. I just really, I really enjoy talking with you. Um, Why, thank you. (laughs) Why, thank you. So, um something Bailey has gone through something that um not many people your age or may I mean not even just your age some people have never gone through um in life and for those of you who don't know Bailey I'm sure some of you listening are like yeah I know Bailey um or I know a Sokka um and some of you are like we have no idea who that is Um, But just to give some context, um, at the end of this past January, so January 2019, um, Bailey's sister died of cancer. Um, So, Bailey, can you tell us a little bit about your grieving journey for the last six months or so? Yeah, for sure. Um, So, I think... Something that was, like, really big in the last six months um, was even even before the last six months. Um, my family and I have actually been grieving for about a year. 
mm-hmm. um, and a half because we we knew that Miriam was going to die since uh, January about January twenty ninth two thousand eighteen mm-hmm. I think um, because that's when she got rediagnosed um, in her lungs and so the kind of cancer that she had um, is a bone cancer normally but it can metastasize to your lungs and your spine and your brain. Um, And when it does that, it usually means that the person will pass away eventually. Um, So the doctors told us that she'd probably have about a year. And so about a year to date, um, a little bit afterwards was when she passed away. Um, And I think, well, I thought that I was prepared for it and that it would be something that I could plan for because I really, really do love to have control over things. Yeah. Um, and so like I had actually planned like two to three ways that my parents would tell me the news that Miriam had passed away. Hmm. Um, and none of them happened, but I think that that was important because the way that it did happen, um, God really put me in the place where I could be surrounded by people who love me. Um, and I think that was really, really important. Um, But I think if I had to describe the way that I was grieving um, in the past six months, um, it was actually just something that I recently just thought about um, when I heard some of the questions. Um, It's kind of like a mountain range. Okay. Um, So like the hike up the first mountain is really, really tough and tiring and um, hard and long but once you get to the peak there's like this really gorgeous view and so that's kind of like a breakthrough in the first moment or like a moment of peace Mm. um that in that moment I get like a, a revelation or a realization from God but then the work downhill is really fast and like sneaks up on you and like you don't realize how fast you're falling um until you're at the bottom and I have found that sometimes it's really dangerous because Satan sees you falling down this mountain and he can wait at the bottom um, Mm. with something that he thinks that you can fall into. But um, for me, in the past six months, it's been really important um, to just keep looking towards God um, and listening to him because... At that bottom of the pit, Satan is weaving his lies and um, expects me to listen. And it um, has it's really hard because I hear all these different things. And then I just have to remind myself of what God says to do in these moments. Um, and then you go up the next mountain and it's even harder and tiring than the first mountain because you've already gone up the first mountain. But then there are, are new realizations that maybe you didn't see the last time. That's a really good picture. I've I've never heard that before. Um, and I think it's it's helpful, at least for me, to understand kind of what that looks like. And I think it's important because a lot of times when people think about grieving, they think it's like this linear thing, right? Like we hear about these stages of grief and it's like a, a very common misconception is like you go through these stages and you're just you're following this line and you get to the end of the line and it's like 
all good, right? But what you gave us is not at all a linear picture. It's a up, it's like a up and down and it's an up and down. And um, I think that's important to understand, especially as we're thinking not only of our own grief, right? Things that we we are grieving, but also as we're walking alongside someone else, like we can't expect that someone's going to follow a linear path. So I I love that. I'd say the Holy Spirit, you know, brought that to your mind to, to describe for us. Um, so thinking about this like grieving journey that you've been on, um, was there anything surprising or has there been anything surprising to you during this time? Like maybe some feelings or emotions or things you've gone through that you had, like you didn't expect or you didn't see coming. Um, I think there's been a lot of surprising things throughout this. I think one of them, um, I think most of them come from realizations that I have while talking with God and while praying. Um, I think God shows me certain things through um, messages that I hear from other people and through the words that people share with me. Mm-hmm. Um a few that like stick into my mind were um, I was at a women's camp this year and I, I, I've shared this with Amanda, but um, we had um, our speaker was talking about the Shunammite woman and how she was, um, how she was, her husband was old and she didn't have a child. And so um, she was visited by Elijah um, and she made him a room and he asked, what what do you not have and she said oh I'm fine I live with my people um and so he asked the servants and they said well she doesn't have a son and her husband is old and so Elijah called her in and says I you're going to have a son and she said well don't lie to me um but then she had a son and a while later he he died and so um she went on and she was Everybody was asking her, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? And she, every time she responded with, everything's okay. Um, and then she went to Elijah and told him, like, surely I will not leave you until you come with me. And then he told her to put her son down on the man of God. Um, and in that moment, that in during that moment at women's camp, I was with my mom and we were just, we were feeling that sorrow um, and that loss. Um, and I looked at one of my mentors and I asked, um, why can God do this then, but he can't do it now? And, um, recently I realized that it wasn't for Miriam that God was doing that. It was for me, um, that, I was supposed to be the one that was laying down on the bed of God to be breathed into um, because he's not done like because just because that um, Miriam is not on earth anymore does not mean that we aren't here and that God's done yeah. with us. We're, he's continuing to use her story and our stories interwoven with hers in order to do things. Um, I think another surprising thing was uh, while I was in Spain I was 
um, praying one night and I found myself uh, thanking God for the sorrow that I was going through. And I didn't understand it. And I don't understand why um, we have to go through sorrow sometimes, but um, it I I think it's still something to be grateful to God because it's a, a sign that we we um, can connect with other people. It's like in Harry Potter because Harry Potter loves people, and Voldemort can't do that. So that one I I've been rereading them or I reread the all the books and it's like that's yeah sorrow helps you understand how much you can care about other people and be connected to them mm-hmm. yeah which is really valuable like that's the most important part of being human I think so um, as you've been grieving what are some ways people have been helpful in your process or in that process and then we'll ask the flip side but maybe we'll just start with like ways that people have been helpful Mm-hmm. for you um I think there's a lot of ways that people are helpful without realizing that they're helpful um one being just listening um and allowing me to verbally process when I need to and also but at the same time giving me st- space when I need it um because I think Especially when it first happened, there were times when I just needed to be around people, but um, there were also those moments when I just needed to be by myself or just call my family and talk to them because I didn't want to talk to anybody else. Um, I think another really important thing is um, there, there are some people who know the exact moment or are told the exact moment um by the holy spirit um when i need a word of affirmation or a hug or a reassuring touch on my shoulder and i'm not usually a physical touch person like that's my lowest on love languages but um sometimes it's really helpful for me um and then i've had some people who i am very close to um help me and push me to address how I'm feeling rather than just pushing it away and ignoring it. Um, because I do not like sharing my feelings and being vulnerable about this, um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, one being like, I know that as Christians, we're supposed to share in each other's burdens and I will totally share in someone else's burdens, but I do not necessarily enjoy allowing other people to share in mine. Um, and also because I do not like to cry in front of people. And when I am talking about her in a serious way, sometimes I will just start crying because I see attributes, um, that she has in people or I don't see attributes that she has in people. And, um, I just sometimes really just like miss certain things or I'll hear a joke and it'll remind me of something that she said um and so people coming alongside of me and like when they when they see those moments and they're like what are you thinking about how are you feeling what's going on and sometimes I push them away but sometimes they push back and that's really helpful for me I think they well everything you just said was helpful um but something that's sticking out is 
the importance of the Holy Spirit. Um, man, like the Holy Spirit is important for countless reasons. Like, and just because, you know, certain things might be um, helpful in your journey um, doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to be helpful in someone else's, right? Like right. every journey of grief is different for everyone else, which is why, like, we have to tune in to the Holy Spirit, like, as a body of Christ. Like, if we're just living life and doing things out of our flesh and just, like, you know, not taking the time to listen and then be obedient, um, like, we're doing a disservice to the body, like, if that makes sense. Um, because the Spirit is going to speak to me when I listen and I ask Him to you know, okay, Lord, like, show me how I can help Bailey. Like, show me what my part is in, you know, uh, her journey for this moment. Like, how can I, how can I help? Um, I believe the Holy Spirit will answer that. And I know if we sat here and just like talked and talked and talked about all of the ways that um, somebody showed up at exactly the right timing, like, yeah, like that's the spirit, right? Right. Um, we need the spirit, you guys. Um, so I think that's super, super helpful. On the the flip side of that, um, and, and I want to preface this by saying, you know, when, and I said this to Bailey in, in our conversation we had, like, when it comes to hard things, especially like grief, I think people just don't know what to say sometimes. And so when people don't know what to say, I think, Man, it, it it's just like a dangerous thing because you're just saying, say so. and yeah, and <laughs> even when we don't know what to say, we still are saying things. Like even when it probably is best to just not say anything. Um, but it, it's not, it's not that people don't want to help, right? It's not that um, people are trying to be mean or like hurtful, you know. It's that we like it's ignorance, like not knowing what the best way. Um, so what are some things maybe to try and avoid, um, would you say for people, uh, when, when walking through this journey with someone? Um, I think that there's really just one really big one. Okay. That's kind of universal to grief, whatever the kind is. Um, and it's when walking alongside a, a person who is in grief, um, the phrase that my family and I dislike immensely is, I know exactly what you're going through, or a phrase that is any way or shape um, yeah, like that. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I don't think that we realize that the phrase comes out or how mm -hmm. it sounds coming out yeah. um, in the situation. Mm -hmm. Because um, I think it's the the way that we best know how to empathize with someone else. Right. Um, maybe we've had like a similar thing, but we haven't been in the exact same situation. Or maybe we have been in the exact same situation. But um, I think a lot of people don't know um, is that the phrase can be kind of hurtful or annoying 
um, because um, Lizzie, my youngest sister, is 15 years old, and her and I went through something similar, but I was at college and she was at home, so we didn't exactly go through the same thing. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say that to her, and Miriam is both of our sisters. Right. Um, and so I would, I don't think that I, I can't expect to know, um, how Lizzie's grieving or how Miriam's friends are grieving or my parents or our division or our core or the territory or anyone else who know her or was impacted by her story or anything else because I grieve differently and I have my own emotions that I have to work through and I can't know the emotions of someone else. Yeah. Uh, The next thing I want to ask is what would you like others to know? Um, Like as someone who is grieving, like if you could say anything, like what would it be? What, What do you want people to know? about this process or your individual process in grieving? I think there's a lot of different things that you could say in this situation. Um, I think one of the things that is important to think about um, in this question is um, the word lost. Um So one thing that I personally do like don't like or don't use um, very often is I lost my sister because I didn't lose her. I know where she's at. Right. Um, I know that she's in heaven and I know that one day I will be able to see her. And so I think that's important for people to know. Um, I also think something else that's important just about myself. I don't know um, other people's grief. So just about myself is that, um, while I'm grieving, um, I am not broken or only sad or just a depressed person who lost their sister because I don't find my identity in the fact that my sister has passed away. Um, because even in my moments of sadness and even in my moments of crying out to God, I'm still joyful and I'm joyful in the Lord and I'm excited to see how he will continue to help me grow and show revelations to me about my journey and to others about their journey and to just see how he will move. Um, And so I think something that I want others to know as they walk through, um, walk alongside someone who's grieving is um, not to leave the person who's grieving where they last left them. Yeah. Yeah. I like that phrase. If you could give advice to someone who is currently grieving, okay, what, what would that advice be? Um, I'm sure that there are some listener who has had someone recently, die that they love or that they um you know have been close with it could be another loss too I think um specifically in this moment like someone who's grieving the death of a person what what advice would you give Mm -hmm. um 
I would say that the best advice that I could give to that um, situation, a person um, or group of people is just to continue to talk to God and listen to him and lean into him, even when you don't want to and when you don't feel like he's listening or you feel like your prayers are going up to the ceiling and bouncing back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's hard, but um, I know that um, he has a plan and he, I don't have to know the plan. And so in those conversations with him, um, I think it's really important to just be raw and real, even if that means yelling and screaming and crying. Um, because it's, even though it might be hard to continue to talk to him, I think sometimes it's even harder to stop talking to him. Yeah. Um, and I think he will continue to be faithful. Um, and I just have to trust him and understand that there will be days that are hard. Um, but I think that those are the days that he'll come and wrap me in his love. And he'll wrap whoever is going in this, through this situation, um, in his love and in his mercy and in his grace. Um, even if we do choose not to, um, talk to him. Yeah, that's great advice. Something that I did not put on here before we get to the last question, um, you have said over and over again, you know, just how important investing in your uh, relationship with um, with God has been. And would you, can you give us like an insight on what does that look like? So when you're spending time with God, you know, is it worship music? Is it journaling? Like what is, what is your thing that you do? Um, it really depends on the day. If it's a really good day, then it might be happy worship music that talk mm-hmm. about God's love and stuff um, and journaling and praying. I, I like to write my prayers down so that I can look back on them. Um, but I've um, on there are there are some really rough days um, where. I could start praying but something and it changes into a different kind of prayer or a lament. Um, or it starts out. There was a, um, for a specific example, um, there was a night in April where I started off my time with God by reading through um, some letters that Miriam had written to me. And I was very upset. I didn't hear God talking to me. Um, I didn't feel his presence with me anymore. Um, I kind of felt like I was lost in the wilderness or the desert area. Um, And so I looked up at the ceiling of my room because that is how I felt like all of my prayers were stuck up there like glue. Um, 
And I just screamed and I asked him if he was still there to give me a verse. Um, and if he still cared about me and if he still loved me to give me a verse. And he did. Um, and he, and so then I take that verse that he gives me and I just meditate over it and think about what was happening in that situation, that context, um, and then pray over it, um, and talk to a mentor or a friend about it. Um, or I think another really raw form of worship is just um, pouring out your heart to God and starting off with thanks and things. Um, the other night, well, I say the other night, it was probably like three weeks ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do that too. But it's, it starts out as like a random prayer. I could be praying for someone else. Um, and then I think about it a little bit more and all of a sudden another song comes on or um, or I put a song on that turns into sad girl hours worship music. I love that term. Um, <laughs> so it's real. <laughs> I feel that on a deep level. <laughs> yeah, and so some of these songs are just. I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit gets into my playlist and He like shuffles it in a very certain way that will make yeah. me cry. Um, because. <laughs> um it is cruel but at the same time I think sometimes I need that um in order to push my brain into the right mindset of thinking as I enter into that time um and so I think um in those moments it's easier for me to praise God because he is sitting next to me and weeping with me and catching my tears as they fall um, while I am sitting in sadness in my room Mm -hmm. by myself because your girl don't want to sit with other people (laughs) as I'm ugly crying and have snot running down my nose. Um, But I think that that is a really important time of worship because that is a private moment between God and us. Um, I think corporate worship is really important, but I think that private moment alone with God um, is also extremely important. Yeah. The last question I have um, for you is, is there any any advice or tips that you... Um, would give us specifically for like the Salvation Army um, who want to come alongside um, and love and support um, our brothers and sisters uh, who are grieving. Um, And this question I'd like to like kind of break down in different levels. Um, So what advice would you give for those of us like at a core level, if there's someone in our core who's experiencing grief um, and then Maybe even at like something like this, like CBLI or um, Regen or like a, a a bigger Salvation Army gathering, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Commissioning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You have any advice for that? Um, I think something on a core level 
is just to be there for um and I know that sounds really cliche that's something that everybody says um but I think it is true like um I think it's always important to ask permission first before Mm -hmm. coming up to them and touching them or um offering your shoulder or anything like that Mm -hmm. um especially on the core level this also kind of bleeds into the um larger essay essay salvation army gatherings (laughs) (laughs) um uh is interceding in prayer because at least from my own experience there are days that it's very hard to pray for myself and for the the feelings that I'm I'm feeling and so I think being a prayerful person and um interceding for the person in your core or the person in your division that you know is grieving at the moment is very important um yeah <coughs> thanks for sharing sorry my throat the allergies (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i'm crying (laughs) um but yeah thanks for sharing um man it's so hard to talk when you start crying that's why it's like the like i don't like being around people when i'm crying either because you can't talk they just feel bad for you like the whole the whole deal except for remember that time when you were crying and i was laughing at you (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I do remember that. Very clearly. And I'm like, man, these ladies are so much nicer than me. (laughs) I've been crying, like, the whole time. They've just been acting like nothing's happening. (laughs) There was a time. Yeah. Sorry. There was a time this summer where I started crying in the middle of a testimony, and I was getting translated. And I was sitting there, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I know that you can't understand me right now. Um, <laughs> can you give me like 30 seconds so that I can pose myself? And that probably happened about 10 times. <laughs> it was a long testimony. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's real like grief. And um, yeah, like thank you for sharing and thank you for having such a great um like spirit led testimony about your process and what's been happening and um kind of like advice and and I really like I mean you got me with that mountain story that was it was all downhill for me from there <laughs> <laughs> like like I'm down at the bottom right now like <laughs> but it's like really beautiful um like the words that you've been able to find to articulate what's happening for you. And like, I just hope that you're able to keep moving forward, whatever that looks like. And yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. Thank you. Amanda. <laughs> I'm holding so much in Kiri. I'm, I'm being nice to you. Um, remember this. No, I'm not going to make fun of you. Remember that one time? You remember every time I like, cry on the podcast? Like one time plus, like, other times. <laughs> Whatever. I have a lot of witnesses who have listened to these podcast episodes. Everybody knows that if Amanda was crying, I just can't handle it. Like, I don't know what to do. It's okay, Carrie. It's okay. We should have brought tissue for you. I know. Well, you know what? 
start like right when we were about to start recording I was like oh maybe I should grab like a box of tissues but I was like you know Bailey looks like she's really holding herself together well <laughs> we'll probably be fine <laughs> <laughs> who knew it would be Kiri crying for 40 minutes <laughs> oh my gosh it started like 10 minutes in <laughs> oh man um <laughs> yeah um Bailey man you're just you're really incredible um for so many reasons um but one you know doing this episode um was really brave and I know was uh quite a step out of your comfort zone in coming in a public forum to be vulnerable like that's that is not something that um I think many people I know would do so I appreciate that. Um, something else that really sticks out is just like I'm in awe of your like emotional maturity, um, just maturity in general. Um, the wisdom that I feel like you've gained in this process is incredible. Um, like just sitting here, I just feel like I have learned so much from just listening to you and your experience and I know that people listening have learned so much and I am confident that you will continue to teach me like um yeah I just um I really appreciate you and I am so glad that you are a part of the Salvation Army that you love so dearly it's so clearly that you love the mission and you're living that out um and I am confident that um the Lord is just going to continue to make you more and more like him like I'm excited to see what he does in your life um and to be part of that um is there anything that you would like to say like in closing or you know any jokes you want to make at Kiri for crying? Um, <laughs> feel free. Uh, oh, I'm going to take a picture. Your face is pretty puffy and red. It's the allergies. It's the allergies. She really has been on Benadryl lately, so I guess that is kind of a good excuse. I'm now on steroids, so it's also the steroids. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Kiri's on steroids. It was emotional crying. I was really, truly crying. Yeah, we we all know. We I know mean, that. when you bring yeah, when you talk about death and stuff, of course it gets emotional. <laughs> yes, of course it does. It does get emotional. Um, only, only one of the three people in this room were crying though, so I'm. That's like part of the like the <laughs> tables have really switched here, people. <laughs> Bailey knows she's listening to the podcast. She knows I'm usually crying. She's enjoying herself. Amanda's just so happy. I'm not. I just, I don't know what's happening. Um, but anyway, Bailey, is there anything that you would like to say as we wrap up our episode? Um, I just really appreciate being able to come and talk about grief because I don't understand everything about grief. Like I said, I did not finish the psychology degree. I literally took like <laughs> three courses. Um, I just know what I feel. Right. And I don't know what anyone else feels. 
but I think something that's really important to kind of leave and close with is that um, something I've had to teach myself to have grace and mercy with myself is that with the stages of grief, it's okay to go back and forth between a stage. One day you could be at the first stage and the next day you could be at the fourth one and then the next day you could be at the second one. Right. So, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad you added that. Um, I would like to close our episode by praying for you, um, if that's okay. Oh, um, of on the air, yeah, we're praying on the air. This is, this is a new thing. It is, and I, but I think it's important because I want people listening to join in in prayer because what's going to happen is we're recording this live, right? And, um, well, no, not not when you listen it. We're recording it. Um, but right now, only three of us are in this room, right? Um, well, but if you count God. Well, right. Exactly. Okay. We've got the spirit. We've got the Trinity. <laughs> Technically, we have six people in this six-ish. Three and one. Three and one. Right. So the math. Anyway, but when this uh, <laughs> when this episode airs, um, we'll have a lot more people that will join in prayer. And I think it's important because one of the things you said was prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, intercessory prayer. So... Um, I'd like to pray and then, um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we hope, well, I don't, I'm not going to even say, I hope, I know that you took something from this. Um, and I hope that you are blessed and encouraged today and, um, just really lean into the spirit. Um, if there's people around you, uh, that are grieving, lean into the spirit and listen and, obey whatever the spirit is nudging you to do to bless that person or support or encourage. And if you are grieving, uh, listening to this, know that you are loved. Um, you're not alone. Um, and that we pray for you today too, as we close our episode. So let's pray. Uh, Lord, we, uh, come before you and we praise you for this time that we've had with Bailey um, as we've been sitting here, I've just been thinking about like <laughs> the spirit of the room and it's felt, it hasn't felt heavy. Um, it's felt really sweet and tender. Um, and I think that's very telling of what you're doing in Bailey's life. Um, it's so clear that you are there, that you are present, that you are speaking, um, that you are loving her, um, We pray, Lord, that you would just, we know that you will continue to be present in this journey that she's on, um, on those mountaintops and in the valleys. Um, You are present. You are with her. Um, God, I pray that as her friends, um, that we would be able to come alongside and and lean into what um, the Spirit is telling us and do whatever the Spirit's saying to love and support um, and bless her, uh, that all of us as a, a body of Christ um, would, would do that as well. Um, I think of um, her family. Pray that you would, um, wherever they are right now, that you would um, just flood them with your peace and your love. Um, yeah, just remind them of how much you love them. Uh, wherever they are. Uh, Lord, I think of the people who are listening to this podcast who are also grieving. Um, 
you know what they need um, probably better than they even do. Uh, so I pray that you would um, meet those needs um, and again would bring peace and love and comfort um, in whatever way uh, they need. God, I pray that we would, um, as we end this recording and um, and and the episode, that uh, we would not forget the things that we have learned through Bailey. Um, that we would really just, man, that dream of um, truly understanding uh, how what it looks like to live as a body of Christ. Lord, we want that um, as a Salvation Army, as the church in general. Um, help us to do that better. Um, this world is hard and we go through some really heartbreaking things. Um, we need each other. So help us to, um, yeah, help us to give each other the support that we need. Um, so again, thank you for Bailey. We love her. Um, and we love you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.